Amen. It seems strange to come to be home and say uh, thank you for the offering and uh, thank you for the help that you've been to us uh, in this uh, meeting this week. But uh, it was God, and it ain't often that you get to be pastor and evangelist too. And uh, I have enjoyed it, but uh, it is uh, it is a tiresome job. But I sure do appreciate the Lord tonight, and I appreciate what He's been doing. Again, let me say I'm glad of our visiting folks. Uh, Brother Miller from Pastor Egypt, we're glad he's here tonight. And uh, uh, Brother Timmy Carpenter, evangelist, we're glad he's here. And of our other visiting folks that are our friends, we're glad they've come to be with us in these services. And uh, uh, if there is one hope of revival, and there's one thing that gives me hope of revival, is that the common people are hungry again and begin to search again after holiness. And uh, just as sure as the free and independent holiness folk, the young, the 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 the, the, the uh, little folk, the common man, gets stirred to seek God. The revival has always come when it looked like the devil had the church by the uh, long drag and had it going down forever, and the wilderness had washed over it like a flood, and formality had killed its power. There's always been somebody somewhere, a little old fellow somewhere, uh, a little group somewhere, some prayer warriors, some mamas praying that stirred the hearts of men and brought revival. Amen. And uh, I feel like that that interested holiness that's been uh, generated is a sign that we are uh, in a revival. I realize that we're in the last day and the last day falling away. I realize we're in a time of apostasy. But I also know that we can have revival in the time of apostasy. Amen. We can have individual revival, collective revival if we want it, right in the time of... Because Enoch walked with God and talked with God and lived with God and got translated out of here in the wickedest time that men ever seen where God was fixing to destroy everything. Amen. So make your mind up that you're going to live with God and walk with God and talk with God in the hour we're living in. Amen. Amen. When I feel God, I feel like He's going to do something. How many believe tonight that God's going to do it for you? We've been preaching every night uh, on the theme of holiness. And uh, somebody wants... Uh, wrote or called or, or requested that I would send them uh, some of our tapes on healing where I preached the healing meetings and, heal, and preached on healing in the services. And uh, when I began to go back through the records that uh, they had of the tape ministry, I was, uh, I was shocked myself. There wasn't very many of them. And then I realized that if you want the power of God, just preach the Word of God. Amen. You don't just preach on some special theme. You just preach the Word of God. And God will work with them. Amen. So I believe if we'll preach holiness, He'll practice healing. Amen. And feeling. And so every night we preach that way. I went to prayer today to seek the face of God. And just to be frank with you, I was so worn out and so tired and my voice so rough. I said, Lord, why don't you just let them shout it through tonight? And uh, then I got to praying. And uh, I leaned back in the little big lazy boy recliner and has got me out there in the office. And, and uh, the Spirit of God got to stir in my heart. And I got to hearing some things. Somebody whispered that I overheard it. They said, what happened here last night? I'll put the fear of God back in people again. There's a time, uh, this individual said, there's a time you was afraid to come in here and sin your life. I don't know who the man was, but I know one thing. God did. Amen. And I was not in that church. And seemed like 
I just heard some things. I just heard some honest-hearted folks are talking to God. I, I heard the devil are talking to some honest-hearted folk. And them are crying talking to God. And so tonight, uh, our text and title is going to be uh, Practical Holiness. We preached holiness in the burning bush. We preached holiness in the Trinity. Uh, we preached holiness uh, from Isaiah 6. And now we're going to preach practical holiness. Amen. Uh, in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 4, one of the favorites of sanctification people, sanctified people. Uh, and verse number 7, the Bible said, For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. Called unto holiness. And tonight, I'm going to preach, the Lord helping me for a little while, on the practical side. Of holiness. Amen. It does you it does not do you much good to know about all the beauties and uh, treasures and splendors of heaven if you don't know how to get there. What's the power of showing me something yonder without telling me how I can hold it? Amen. Would you stretch your hands forth and ask God to help us? Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're coming again to you tonight. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in the services. Thank you for the power of God that's come by. Again tonight, Lord, I'm weak and battered, but God, I feel strong in the Lord. Now I'm depending on you to help me preach. Amen. Let's judgment bound congregation. And Lord, at the conclusion of the message again tonight, I'm believing you, Lord, to feel somebody else with the mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. And God, while you're feeling that, would you refill us? In Jesus' name. Amen. Timmy. Amen. All the preach the Bible said, For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but he hath called us unto holiness. And I want to preach to you what the call unto holiness does mean. And I'm going to preach to you what the call unto holiness does not mean. And I'm going to adopt the method of the old Puritan preacher. And I'm going to preach to you the negative side first and then the positive. And uh, first of all, number one, the very first thing, being called unto holiness, being sanctified holy, and that makes the devil so mad, he just about swallows his tongue. Oh, Amen. But I want you to know if you ever go to God's heaven, you'll go there because you're sanctified. Called unto salvation in sanctification, the Bible says. Amen. But the first thing I want to say to you is that you will never be so fully sanctified that you will never have any wandering, worldly thoughts. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Seem like I felt him breathe on me. You see, I have 
heard somebody praying. I heard somebody saying, Lord, I want what Brother John is preaching. I want to be what he's preached to us. But how can I ever be that holy person with these thoughts that I have? Now hang on, we're going somewhere. You see, if the devil cannot instill thoughts in your mind while you're awake and responsible, he'll try to invade your subconscious while you are asleep. But I want you to listen to this now. I'm fixing to help you. Shout if you want to. Remember, listen now, there is a vast difference between evil thoughts and thoughts of evil. Mm, you looked at me then, didn't you? No, I didn't get tongue-tied. Bible, I know the Bible said that uh, from the heart proceedeth evil thoughts and wickedness. But there is a vast difference between these evil thoughts from within your heart or from in the heart of an unsanctified person these evil thoughts and surmisings there's a vast difference in that and in thoughts of evil the first is suggested inwardly and comes outward there's been a, there's been a raging controversy ever since at the beginning of time, or the beginning of theology until now, on whether or not Jesus could have sinned. Now, I don't know the, the answer. I know on his father's side. I don't know on his mother's side. However, I believe in, I believe in the impeccability of Christ. I believe that it was impossible for Christ to sin. Even in his human nature. Because in order for temptation to be temptation to the point that you can sin, there has to be something in you that answers to that. <laughs> Jesus said, from the abundance of the heart. Amen. It is the heart. But you see, that's where the evil thoughts come from. From an evil heart. But there, there, there are thoughts of evil that are suggested by the advertisements you see in the paper. The billboards on the road. Some half-dressed individual walking down the road. Some vulgar story that you overhear as you pass by down the assembly line in the shop where you work. These are evil thoughts that come in or seek to come in from the outside. Now, if you can honestly, before God, declare that those things have no place or part in you during those hours when you are awake and responsible, now this is what the Lord told me to tell you. I know I ain't Leon Buzzard and I ain't a full-blooded Indian, and I, but the Lord does talk to me too. 
I know he says sometimes in the Lord, said I ask the Lord, and the Lord says, and uh, some preachers don't understand that, but I do. And the Lord says, Amen. I've been praying about this, and I heard somebody saying, Lord, surely it must be in my heart. I wouldn't be having these dreams that I've been having. I wouldn't be having these things come to me. Oh, hallelujah, in my subconscious. But I'm going to preach to you tonight. Amen. What the Lord said, He said, if you can honestly, before God and your own conscience, so that you are not entertaining those thoughts when you are in your conscience, then you are not responsible for what transpires in your dreams. So number one, don't cast away your confidence and take the tuck head and say you're not harvest because of that battle. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hey man, I say I'm going to preach to you on uh, the care of the holiness, the practical side of holiness. You know, for years and years they preached to me, uh, but they never got down and told me these things. And so I'd have a dream of being a fighting, dream of doing some of those ungodly rotten things I did before, and wake up and think, well, surely, fall out and say, God, surely I need to be sanctified. But I realized that all these things, John Wesley was the man that first said, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Oh, man. Uh, what, Brother Gabbard? Oh, hallelujah. You know what? I, I, I'm so worn out. I'd like to shout. But I'm hurting so bad and so sore from a preaching but I'm afraid if I shout and preach too, I ain't going to have enough energy to do both. And I need to preach to you. So, I don't know. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe you ought to shout and let me preach. Hey, hey. For you see, when does it become sin? When, then, Brother Johnny, does it become sin? Let me, let me, let me illustrate a very simple thing. My wife buys a lot of material. Uh, I mean... She buys a lot of material. I, I mean, my wife buys material. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a major day when I can steer her past the material at Walmart. You know, and she'll pick it up, and she'll say, "What do you think about this?" And what I think is, it's one of the awfulest-looking old rags ever I looked at, because all I see is a big old piece of material. You know, she sees the dress, the skirt, the blouse. But, uh, she looks. This is the example. When does it become sin? She looks at the various different patterns. And uh, here's one for a dollar a yard. And here's for four dollars a yard. And here's one for six dollars a yard. And uh, so uh, she says, well... Uh, I believe I'd like to have that one right there. What you said was four dollars a yard. Uh, give me, uh, give me three yards of that. You know, three yards makes a dress. Now you take six. For some people, it ought to still take six. <laughs> She's 
picked it out. He's measured it out. But up to this point, she can change her mind. But when they measure it out and take the scissors and make that first cut, if it's just a half an inch long, then you're responsible. That's the law. You're responsible to buy the material now. When does it become sin? Not when you look at it driving down the road. Not when you, not when you uh, are presented with it and the price tag there. But it's when you says, I'll take that. And when he puts the scissors to it. Amen. And if you, but if you can honestly say in your heart, devil, I had no intention. That was not my intention. I have no entertainment. When you wake up in the morning and you're sick to death because you dreamed of being drunk again, you dreamed of smoking a cigarette again, you dreamed of some lustful act again, you think, my God, how can I do that? Hey, man, remember, look it over. Have I done one thing yesterday? Did I do one thing? God, you know my heart, and I know my heart's intent. And if you do, get up and praise God, and don't cast your confidence away, and say, I ain't to receive for the blessing of God. God's are keeping folks back from the blessing. Amen. Uh, not that he, he would bless them, but the devil's holding them back because of this right here. Condemn, ashamed when you have no reason to be. Amen. When thoughts of evil come at you, resist them. You know, this body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. This is my, this is the house of my father. It's his house, not my house, his house. Well, you know, when them little imps come along and make their mud balls of sin and stand out there on the road and throw with that tabernacle and splatter mud on it, instead, I think what you need to do. You need to say, Father, they're throwing mud at your house. Instead of taking a tuck head and laying down, say, they're throwing mud at your house. I mean, this is the, that's your house they're trying to defile. You just begin to resist the devil and the Lord will chase him away and he'll flee from you. When he begins to throw these fiery darts at you, amen, and still trying to say, well, I must be this or I must be that. Say, now God, this is your tabernacle. I ask you to take this body, a spirit and soul, and live there and dwell there. And this is, he's throwing rocks at your house. Amen. Holiness will not free you from the heaviness of manifold temptations. You haven't lost your sanctification. You haven't lost the Holy Ghost simply because you've come into those times. And there'll be times when you couldn't scare up an amen in a thousand acres. When you couldn't muster a hallelujah to hardly save yourself. Amen. There'll come times when, when you'll feel so far. But if in these times you can say, Lord, I've searched my heart and I haven't sinned against you in my heart or in my intentions. Now I don't feel 
like I'm sanctified. I don't even feel like I'm saved. But I'm going to come right out anyway. And I'm going to serve God anyway. And if you don't ever bless me, I don't never feel you moving on me. I can't never have a hallelujah again from my heart. I'm going to serve God anyway. If you keep on casting off your confidence away, amen, which has great recompense, every word in due season, you'll reap if you faint not. Amen. And I'll come again when the rain will let up and the sun will shine and the joy will come by and you'll come out of it and you'll be glad you did. Hang on, never. It ain't over yet. My God. Oh, glory. There used to be another song. A Wesleyan song. Down through the years. Some through the water. And some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night time and all the day long. Some of us, we're coming through the waters when we come. Some of us, we're coming out of the floods when we come. Some of us, we've been in the fire for a while. Oh, about three years now, we've been a little over in the fire. But I feel like we're about to come out. I feel like we're about to burn out. I told the devil today, I said, looks like you've done everything you could to discourage us from preaching holiness and standing for God. Looks like his hand's been weaker and battling these battles for three years. And then Brent took down, and the devil said he's going to die if you don't let up on this thing. But I'm going to tell you tonight, friend, a son through the water and son through the blood and son through the fire, but all through the blood. Amen. Son through great sorrow, but God gives us soul. Excuse me. I think I'll just take a breath. Hey. What's the matter? We got the upper hand on the devil. Preacher, why are you so excited? I just pulled a cover off the devil's disguise. He's kept some of you down for days at a time. Afraid you're going to sleep at night. What? He ain't going to be like that no more. Because he done told a cover off that. Because as quick as you come to yourself, you're going to rebuke in the devil. There will be fiery trials. There's a legend. Uh, some of the ancient tribes believed this. When some of the Indians, they had great respect for the animals. And when some of the Indians killed a grizzly bear, the first thing they did after they killed him, they cut his heart out and they eat part of it. And very reverently buried the rest. You see, they believed... But the grizzly bear was their mightiest enemy. 
And they believed that every time they killed a grizzly bear and, 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 and mastered him, that they gained the strength of a grizzly. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Every time, every time you meet a fiery trial and get the victory over it, you get stronger than that trial was. You gain the strength of that trial. You're strong as two bars now. <laughs> you thought you got me, devil. You thought you had me. You almost did. But I got the victory of that thing. And now I'm stronger than two bars. It'll take two of them to get me the next time. They will have one to put me. The next time, who won't be able to? Next time it'll take twice as much to get me down. And when I get through that, the next time it'll take four times as much to stop me from shouting. And the next time it'll take ten times. And after a while, one can run a thousand and two can run ten thousand. Yeah. Devil thought he had you. But you know what it's going to take? It'll take twice as much the next time because you humble yourself and come out of it. Amen. And got a hold of it. And walked out of it. Yes, sir, I was down, but I got up. It'll take twice as much the next time. Over times as much. And after a while, after a while, the devil just get tired and give up. He said, everything I do to him makes him stronger. Every time I jump on him, he comes out of it, he's stronger than he was before. Don't you make it just for us to race the devil to no end? I mean, uh, the devil's a baby anyway. He's a baby. You know, he walks around like a roaring lion. But when you get this like what you ought to be in your soul, he ain't nothing but a purring pussycat. Amen. Amen. I know that the devil is a chewing his old long pointed ears. He's probably pulling his ears right down and chewing on them. Because he thought, sure, Ann was going to die. I mean, he had us convinced she was going to. But he made a mistake. He pushed her one step too far. I mean, he just pushed her one step too far. And when he did, she come out of swinging. And when she come out of swinging, we all got in the fight. Amen. And we've been a winning ever since. Amen. And we hadn't thought long till the Lord said, don't be afraid to fight. Amen. And we've come out now and realized that Hey, man. I don't know about you, but I feel like I might walk about two grizzly bears. Hey, man. Hey, man. Suffer. Now, what holiness does mean? It means when you say I'm, I'm sanctified, I'm a holiness man or a woman. It does mean that there is a purity of intention. You know, the Bible said if there first be a willing heart, it is acceptable with the Lord. My intention is, you see, in the first chapter of Daniel, the Bible said Daniel purposed in his heart. 
He purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat. I mean, you need to get the place that the purpose of your heart is so sure that when one of these idiotic thoughts comes to you, one of these, and one of, he said, why don't you do so and so? You ought to say, you stupid devil. I wouldn't do that if I was a sinner and I'd about to do that and, and be sanctified. I have purpose in my heart that I'm not going to defile myself with the things of this world. When he comes to you young girls and won't you do something you know that we preached against and the Bible's against and the Holy Ghost is against, you roll up and look at him and say, what's the matter with you, brother? I purpose in my heart I'm not going to drink that stuff. I'm not going to fill my mind with that stuff. I'm not going to swallow that junk. Amen. I'm going to stay pure. We need a little thing else. A real purpose. A purpose. My purpose is that I'm going to be pure. You young girls need to rear up right now and say, I purpose in my heart by the help and grace of God that I'm going to stay pure to the day I marry on my wedding night. And there ain't no bigger necessity for the girls than just the boys. Amen. Amen. We gotta let this double standard get in, but if you expect to marry a virgin, the least you could be is be one. And if you ain't, you don't deserve one. Guys wanna get out and live like the devil, pull a Dwayne, and do what they wanna do, and then come to church and get one of our young pure girls and marry her. Amen. He said, I don't like that. I don't give a flip what you like. It's time you carry anyhow. Amen. We need a we hold this does need a heart purpose purity. Roger Bullets, I'm feeling dangerous now. I'm feeling dangerous right now. Amen. Amen. We need to pay. Daniel said, I don't care where I'm at, I don't care what the king says. I have purpose in my heart. I ain't gonna do it. And then you need you need to get you an experience like a cube. Uh, you say, why do I need to experience like a cube? Well, think about it. You can kick a cube all over that parking lot out there, and when you get done kicking it, it'll still be right side up. If you get you an experience, a Holy Ghost experience, like that cube, they can kick you everywhere they can kick you, they can treat you everywhere they want to treat you. They can mistreat you everywhere they want to mistreat you. And when it's over with, you'll land right side up. Amen. When the enemy comes in like a flood and washes you all over the country and bounces you off the walls and runs you up and down the stairs, when it's all over with, you'll still be just like you was when you started out. Oh, this is an experience that will keep you sweet wherever you are. Amen. Hallelujah. It'll make you smack the devil right in his own den. It'll make you run him in the hole and go in after him and take Bob Warren and twist him out. Him a scheming and a cry. But it'll make you love your mother-in-law when she ain't lovable. Amen. It'll even make your mother-in-law be lovable. Amen. I'm preaching about what it is. Amen. You see, you still live on this negative side so long. You're still trying that others lied to you, but now he can't no more. I'm just going to tell you from here on out. And then you need some sound doctrine. 119 and 8. 
or 80 of the Psalms said, Let my heart be sound in thy statutes, that I might, that I be not ashamed. If you get rooted and grounded in the doctrines and the precepts of holiness, you will not be ashamed of the power of God wherever it comes on you in I told you maybe before, I told, maybe I, t- I told you before, but it's just come to me, and I, t- I think I'll tell you again. I was a preacher, young preacher, reckless, and had no sense. Maybe some things I ain't learned nothing with age. I know. But I was a preacher, don't not being ashamed of the power. And I said, bless God. I said, I'm so glad of the Holy Ghost. But I said, I'll let him move on me wherever he wants to. And there was a downtown Franklin, Ohio. There's a bookstore there on Main Street. And uh, uh, I've been going in there and talking to that woman. She was a Wesleyan holiness. Uh, her, her husband was a Wesleyan holiness preacher. And uh, they believed in the street. And I enjoyed talking to them about the standards. But I've been talking to them about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I, preached on, I, I was preaching to them one thing thou like. I go and buy a book and preach one thing thou likest. Kenny, you like one thing. It's like one thing. And... Uh, one day, the next day after I preached like that, I drove down Main Street in one place to park. So I had to turn around handed and pulled it a long ways. And just around the corner was that pool hall and bar. And it was summertime and the doors was open. And there's a bunch of old roughneck fellas loafing in there. And I got out and closed my door and locked it. And the devil said to me, do you know what you said last night about not being ashamed of the power? And I said, yeah. <laughs> he said, well, what about now? I looked in there, you know, and them guys sitting in there. I thought, Lord, you help me. If you help me, I don't care. And I said, devil, if the Holy Ghost will move on me, I'll shout right now. He said, what about if he don't? I said, then I'll just shout like David did, just for the pure glory of it. Yeah. You know what I done? I just backed up in that car and threw my hands up and I hollered, Hallelujah! And the Holy Ghost come down and I took me a helicopter spin and a shout. Hey man, when I come to myself, I didn't see nobody, but it didn't matter. I went around the corner speaking in tongues and a magnifying God. Hey man! Hey man, I believe all time holiness is right. I don't care where we are. Don't be ashamed of it. Get you a baptism of the Holy Ghost and follow His leading. And don't be ashamed of the power. Don't be ashamed to let it happen. Amen. I heard a preacher, not just a young fella, I heard this preacher, he's talking about when he was boy the church he the church he went to church most of the holiness churches back in them days was down on side street or a back street a lot of them was one size in the heel and they had poles on this side you know holding them up one room places that's kind of what they had to go to church to and this uh, uh, his niece I believe it was his niece anyway some of his kin uh, that little town they went to I mean, their little church had meat. I mean, they had meat. They got in, and they sang and shouted. 
and run the aisles and testify to the goodness of God. Let God have His way. And uh, this girl, uh, quite pretty little girl, and the judge, the judge's son, invited her out. He asked her out. And we had a little more scruples than most fellows have got now. In those days, if you went to court her, you went to church. And she told him, she said, ain't you to be asking daddy, ain't you to be asking mommy. The only way you can go with me is you go to church with me. She said, I'll be fine. She said, you, you mean you'll go to our church? Yeah, I, I'll be fine. I'll go with you. And so you know how she done. She went around to everybody she could get around to, including the pastor. When back in, I guess there's probably all maybe a little bit of kin like there are some around here, you know. And she told him, she said, now, he's coming with me to church. She said, would you just please try to act, hold it down a little. Act a little dignified. Act a little, uh, you know, a little reserved. And so, it came that night, and they, they tried. And they ain't nothing no pitiful than holiness, folk. They try to act like something they ain't. They drug through the song service. He spit cotton and got through a few verses of Scripture. And they got to the testimony service. And it just so happened, she failed, they failed to get the message to one old ain't. And that old ain't... She weighed about, he said, he said she weighed about 300 or 350 pounds. He said when she crawled up, <laughs> atwinked the seats, she said, I don't know what's the matter with us tonight. But you had a dry bunch. And she laid on them. And they began to weep and a cry. And before anybody could do anything, a Holy Ghost a, a, a explosion took place. And they began to run the aisles. They shouted. Amen. They began to apologize to the Lord, asking God to help them for acting like they acted. And they had meeting till 11 o'clock. Well, they got out and got in the buggy. You know, he, he had his daddy's buggy big time. They got in the buggy. And they started up the road. And she finally looked over. She said, well, what do you think about it? But by now, she'd done prayed through. And she thought, bless God. God, you forgive me. I don't care what he thinks about it. I'd rather have the baptism of the Holy Ghost is how the esteem of the judge and all of his children. I want you, I, I don't want to ever be ashamed of it. She'd done prayed through. And she'd done made her mind up. And he said, well, I'll just tell you what I thought of it. I was pretty put out with it. And she just was just a fiction to say, stop this buggy so I can get out and you go on. I'm going back there. When he said, until that old sister got up. And you know what? He was crying. He said, I'm so sick of what I see in politics and in my church and, and what's going on. And he said, I've, I've been looking for an excuse to go. And said, I'd heard about the power of God. And he said, what I felt that night was real. And she, he got to crying and she got to crying. And I want you to know, Dwayne, he said that after a while that bunch of walking cut up that buggy and up on that one side come that big old sister to start it. And she got a hold of a springboard buggy and she began to rock her back and forth and pay him all the way through. And the bad people and all they go. And they go out and run up the road of taking God. Hey man, it's to not be ashamed of the power of God. Hey man, be proud of what you are. Be proud of what you got. That's what the world is looking for. That's what they are needing. Would you stand and raise your hands and let's praise Him. God help me. Help me not to be ashamed of the power. Help me not to be ashamed of the Holy Ghost. 
All right. All right. When the singers come, and I don't want no funeral songs, we ought to go into a funeral. We are going to work. Come on and get on the instruments and let's get ready. Come on, singers. Let's sing. I want to defy first of all to those who are seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Them who come tonight believing. Hey, man, I want you to come to the altar tonight believing. Tonight's my night. Tonight's going to be my night. Tonight I'm going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. I don't care what it takes. I don't care what I have to do. I don't care what you do to me, Lord. I don't care what you do to me, Lord. Send the fire. Come on, now. Come on, saints. Come on. Somebody was a problem with you when you prayed to. Somebody was a problem with you when you prayed to. Come on, now. And get up your the bars, that. Get up your the bars, that. It's coming down, down, down. It's coming down, down, down. I feel that Holy Ghost coming down. It's the pride of the nation. You can read in Revelation. I feel that Holy Ghost coming down. It's coming down, down, down. It's coming down, down. I feel that Holy Ghost coming down. It's the pride of the nation.
And when we go 